Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. So the whole idea of doing this for your staff, right? Not just treating them how you want to be treated, but treating your staff as they would want to be treated, building that relationship with them. Like you're saying, you're visiting them. No matter how big your team is, everyone's got the bandwidth to have some level of personal connection with the people that they directly manage. Very important, critical to success of an organization. You know, the old story, uh, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, I've heard that. Try to tell my husband. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Happy employees make for happy customers because there's an attitude and an enthusiasm that's just critical to those relationships. And so treat your customers fairly, treat your employees fairly, and success will be yours. For sure. I know people sometimes ask me, because my team is all virtual. I actually don't have anyone in person in my office. Everyone's remote. Mm-hmm. Um, our clients are all over the world. Our staff is all over the world. And he'll say to me, but what about the relationship? I said, I have a relationship with my staff because I care about them. I know. I may not know what's going on day to day because I don't see them, but I know what's going on in their lives. I know if they're moving. You know, I've had people who've had staff, they didn't even know if they were moving houses. How could you not know someone's moving house? Oh, no, that's so important. There's, a, there's an old story that says people don't care. They don't worry about how much you know. They want to know how much you care. Yeah. And there's a big difference in what you know and what you care. And you don't need to tell everything you know to people. But they do need to know that you care about them, their business. How, do, how does it affect them? And you know, people think in those me terms, and you want to make sure that you're you're portraying and delivering your message in the terms of others. Always. So that's a lot about the relationship management, and I love it. In terms of training, right? And again, that's the ongoing training. You're sending out videos, which I think was genius. You know, now with with the online, people could send a weekly email to their team, an internal email, weekly training videos, or, or seasonal, whenever they come up. In terms of the, what we call onboarding sequence, how, how did you get the people trained to begin with? You know, a stranger comes into the company and these are commission-based employees. How did you get them excited at that beginning? How did you get them set up to go sell? We used videos and we had a training school. Every rep in the first 30 days they were employed came to one of three central locations and we had a training director and top reps would come in that we compensated for their time to do that. And so they had the real hands-on tactile experience of people who were out doing it. The first two weeks, someone rode with them in their car. We had field sales managers who also had their own accounts, but as a part of their responsibility was to supervise, manage others on whom they received an override for their success. So they, they got compensated for that. So they had skin in the game. It was in their best interest to make Esty as successful as she could be because they got a participation in her success. And it didn't come out of your commission. It was an additional commission that the company paid. So there wasn't a conflict that old Harry's riding with me and he's going to take part of my commission for riding with me today. Not at all. 
So the combination of printed materials, video learning experiences, and an actual training school where people were told, talked about products, they were talked about uh, the history of who we were, why we were, and they were also taught sales techniques and those techniques that tried and proven and they were separized. That's what we did. We separized them. I love and, it. So how would a small business apply? Because again, a small business isn't going to have those kinds of resources. You know, my, um, my specialty, I work with companies anywhere between a solopreneur and about 20 to 30 employees. You know, so a, an enterprise that small, how could they implement this to onboard a salesperson or, or salespeople? More challenging and more difficult, of course, you know, uh, success begets success. And that's an old story and it's a true one. But no one is too small not to take a personal interest in those sales reps. No one is too small not to follow up and talk with those people at night. How'd your day go? The good, the bad, and the ugly of your day. No one is too small to get out and make an occasional call with that person. They can't ride in the car for a week or two because they've got to keep the lights on and the, and the, the stove lit. But the point is, through today, it's, I think, easier in certain ways because of the internet and because of the communication opportunities that are now available that weren't available 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. But training small sales forces is a very difficult thing. I was the first and am still an active uh, executive in residence at Kennesaw, Kennesaw State University here in Atlanta. And we have a center for professional selling there. Kennesaw is one of a double handful of schools in the country that offers a four-year degree in professional selling. Wow. And the point is, what does that small business do that can't afford training directors and people to do the things that a large company can do? There are very few resources. I mean, they're the Dale Carnegie courses, not to make light of them, but there are not many outreach programs that make people better salespeople. So what you're doing with your consulting and showing them how and why is critical to that small business, no doubt about it. But it is difficult, but it can be done. You need to make sure you communicate with them morning, noon, and night whether it be emails, whether it be letters, whether it be Twitter, I, I, I don't care what, you've got to stay in front of your reps and you've got to be accessible. So many people build barriers that shouldn't be built. And if you're not willing to be, you know, I, salespeople that won't put their home number on their card, they can't work for me. If you're not going to be accessible to your customers, the most important thing of a business, any business, is not return on sales or return on assets. It's simply to please your customer. That's where success starts. And for that person, that rep is his internal customer. And if you don't please that customer and answer his or her questions and be responsive and be enthusiastic and be supportive, Shame on you. you in, you're entitled to lose those people. Selling is difficult. You know, with all of our sophisticated programs, if we could keep one out of three, we did backflips. We just knew that it's a high-risk business and that many people were not going to make it. They were uncomfortable. 
they they couldn't make those calls they were they couldn't follow up on leads they didn't have the discipline again if i had to give you two words that i think are the watchwords of success they are self discipline you must have the commitment to get up to get out there to continue learning to lick your wounds to keep going when so many people don't and that takes discipline and so few people have it so is that what we look for because again like like you're saying it is much harder on a smaller scale and i like how you know you explain to pare it down right take the same kind of principles the availability the shadowing the communication the availability and a lot of small business owners they hire someone they're like okay go good luck you do sales it's no you got to be there for them you got to support them got to train them whatever they do need training in and guide them um what what should people look for? Because again, in, in a big business, like you said, if you keep one out of three, you're thrilled. In a small business, if you keep one out of three, you're broke. Right? <laughs> like we can't afford to do that. So what would give people the best, best bet? Right. And again, like you just said, resilience and the ability to keep going and all of that. But you know, you, someone doesn't walk into an interview and you say to them, Well, do you have the ability to keep going? They say, sure. <laughs> I was gonna say no. What should someone look for when they're hiring? Well, I liked competitiveness. What had that person done before? Did they play high school or college athletics? Were they Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts? And were they an Eagle Scout? Is there some success in their background that shows stick to Does it show resolve? you have to be careful in employment decisions. You know, we also used industrial psychologists and we had tests that we would administer to people. And even with that, as I said, if we kept one out of three, we were doing well. So the smaller company that has more limited resources, it is a more difficult challenge. No question. Don't be too quick. Don't, if the person's not right, that person is wrong. There's no honorable middle ground. And you have to, don't hire out of desperation. Don't hire and say, I've got to have somebody. Those are costly mistakes. You have to be deliberate. You have to just make as sure as you can that this person fits. They fit psychologically. They fit energetically. They fit motivationally. They fit aspirationally. They want to be successful and they're willing to do that. And you challenge them, you know, what would you do in this case? What would you do in that case? And if they don't pass that test, if you wouldn't buy from them, don't employ them in sales. Love it, love it. This is gold, this is, you know, again, platinum. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. So what are you up to now? You, you, you've had a long journey now, you said you can't manage to retire. So what, what is it that you're involved with these days? Well, I'm still doing work at Kennesaw State University. I still serve on a couple of for-profit boards and countless not-for-profit boards. Three or four, I've had the good fortune to have led some, uh, lo some of the local organizations here. And you, you never get away. Once you're in, you're there. So I do do some not-for-profit stuff as well. My son-in-law, I have three grown children, uh, an attorney, a businessman, and a daughter who... Uh, uh, married a fella who ended up in the car business. And when he got sort of uh, 
bounced around a time or two from dealers who had promised him equity positions. Uh, about 20 or so years ago, I said, Hal, I'm in a position to help us find our own little store. And we found a little store and he's built it into, at one time we had 12 brands. We now still have four rooftops and six or seven uh, automobile brands. So I'm in the carbon. So if you need a car, Esty, I know where you can get a good deal. Okay. <laughs> but they're all in Atlanta. You're going to ship it over <laughs> to LA. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. So I kind of helped to manage that, uh, that car business from a stand off position. I don't want them to know I can sell cars. They'll have me working on weekends. Okay. So, <laughs> but anyway, that the car business, the not-for-profit business, and uh, a couple of for-profit boards and Kennesaw State University are what keeps me busy today. And I love it. And, and now this book launch, you really can't retire. <laughs> no, no, no. The book has done well. I'm, I'm kind of pleased. I did not intend it as a profit motive. And and in the introduction, I say, in an effort to pay it forward for all those people who have helped me through the years, I plan to give half of any profits from this business to charity. And then I said, make that 49%. A good salesperson is always in control. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, oh, what the heck? Let's give it all to charity. So the couple of royalty checks that I've already received, any additional ones will all go to charity. So it's fun to do that. And it's, as I say, it was never intended as a profit endeavor. That's fantastic. So, so let's talk now, you, you know, you're at a place in career where I feel like so many people at, at my age, we look to that. I, I dream of a retirement like yours, right? Like I, I have no intention. I can't imagine retiring. I tried not working for, you know, a month that lasted about two and a half weeks. <laughs> it didn't work for me. Um, at this stage, what are the struggles that you face? When you, it's almost like you're over the hill of all of the biggest challenges, you know, in that place where you can really reflect and enjoy and do what we might call passion projects. What struggles appear at this stage of the game? Putting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you say that. You know, I, I, I feel like some of people are listening are waiting for you to say nothing. I'm just breathing easy, you know, enjoying all my philanthropy. And I, I love that you say that. Okay. So, so give even me when I hit the greens in regulation, I three putt. What can I tell you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I am, I am fortunate. I feel good. I'm energetic. I have enough to do. I've got a wife I've been married to happily forever. And uh, again, great children and grandchildren, as you introduced at the beginning of the program. Uh, but you must do something and you can't put it off till tomorrow. Urgency is critical. Can, can I tell you one more story? Yeah, I love stories. I, I love the story of the, I'll even ask it in the form of a question. Three frogs were sitting on a log and one decided to jump off. How many are left on the log? Zero. <laughs> no, most people would say two. If three were on the log and one decided to jump off, how many would be left? Most people would say two. They would. But the correct answer is three. Because one decided to jump off doesn't mean it jumped off. 
Uh, we decide, okay, I was taking that in a different direction. Yeah, okay, we okay. decide to lose weight. We decide to work harder. We decide to quit smoking. But it doesn't mean anything until you do it. And so you just got to do it. Didn't Nike say just do it? <laughs> Harry says just do it now. Add urgency to it, to everything you do. So the fact that you decide is not the answer. Winning is beginning. So you've just got to get started. I like that. I once saw a quote that said, beginning is half. I've had that on my wall for a long time. Oh, that's time. true. That's, that's terrific. Yes, we are going to co-author the next one. Okay. <laughs> Told you I love these things, but that it's so true. The, the, the just getting started, that's half the battle. For sure. For sure. Love it. The most difficult step you make is the one across the door threshold in the morning. Yeah. That's, that's getting started. That's it. Love it. Okay. So you told me that there are struggles at this stage, but you didn't yet tell me what they are. Oh, again, struggles. Just one even. One that... <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say one that you think um, people who are in business now could relate to, could learn from. I think the struggle that many people face and many businesses face is summed up again with a simple saying, good enough instead of good. Okay. Some people sell themselves short, too many people do, and they say, this is good enough. It's not good enough. You can't stay still. You're either waxing or waning you're getting better or you're regressing. So again, a struggle that every business faces every day is improvement, constant, continuous improvement, being better tomorrow in everything you do, in your relationships, in your awareness, in your responsiveness, in the appearance of your business, a dozen things that you can do better. Good enough is not good. I like that. See, I got another one for you, a mirror quote. Life is a downward escalator. If you're not going up, you're going down. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. I like I, these visuals. I had a friend. Um, I was so what should someone do then? What, what should someone do? Because I, I do hear that. And, and I think, again, it happens also in small business where I've seen it with my clients, where you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, and then you get somewhere. You're like, oh, I got somewhere, you know, and people, they get complacent there because it was good enough. So what does someone do to get out of that? Well, you know, success is a journey, not a destination. So again, you get out of that with that self-discipline and that self-motivation and the fact that good enough is not good and that success is a journey. It is a continuing journey, being better tomorrow than you are today, by continuing to learn, by continuing to improve procedures, by being more sensitive to the needs of your internal and external customers. Again, all of those things that are so critical to success are there if you'll just use them and realize that there are no shortcuts. Easy Street's a blind alley. Ooh, ah, oh, so many good lines. Easy Street is a blind alley. I love all of these. That's such, that's such a great point um, to wrap on. So where can people go to get your book and to check you out? 
Oh, thank you. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> and if I hadn't, you would have found a really good, sweet, subtle way to get it in anyways. But of course. Story selling is available at some Barnes and Nobles, but always uh, available on Amazon. And uh, uh, it's uh, uh, easily read, as I said earlier. So, or if people want to contact me, it's harrymajor at gmail.com. But Again, Amazon is probably the go-to source for most people who bought the book to this point. Amazing. So what we'll do, guys, at sdran.com slash 64, we're going to put out the link to the story selling over on amazon.com. Harry, this has been so great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, SDRAN, it's been my pleasure. You're a delight, and I'm sure that you're helping lots of folks. And if I can help you help them, I've had a good day. Thank you so Aww, much. Thank you so much. And guys, for all of you listening. So go to sdran.com slash 64, check out the resources, check out the book and reviews, please. As I've been telling you, give me your feedback. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you love more. Someone actually gave me some feedback. They wanted to know if we could create a downloadable from the episodes because so many of you listen to podcasts while you're on the run, while you're doing dishes, while you're driving, and you're like, oh, I should remember that. Oh, I want to write that down. And even if you check out the show notes, so like you look at it, you don't. Someone said to me, Esty, can you make something I could download? Like a checklist, you know, top takeaways from the episode because each one's got so much good stuff. So guys, tell me on the reviews. You want a downloadable? I'll make it for you. You just got to let me know. So head over to iTunes. Let me know. You want a downloadable? It's yours. We'll even do a backwards starting from this episode. All right. And we will catch you next week. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?